Welcome to episode 18 of Rainbow Pridecast. I'm your host, Danielle Dupuy, and I use the pronouns she, her, hers. I know that many of us, when we think of weddings, we think venues, special dresses, tuxes, flowers, food, and most importantly, how is this event going to be documented? Today, we're joined by Carly Fuller of Carly Fuller Photography from Baltimore, Maryland. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, Carly. Hey, thank you, Danielle. It's really nice to be here. Um, Tell us a little bit about your business. How long have you been working as a photographer? Wow, that's a long story, so I'll try to make it very short. Um, (laughs) uh, We like long stories. Yeah, (laughs) Um, and actually, I just got married last year uh, to my wife, Shannon, and um, so my last name is a little different than my business name, so my business is Carly Fuller Photography, and my uh, married name is Carly LeDrew. And oh, awesome. um, congratulations. Thank you. So now I understand even, you know, many more facets of uh, the wedding industry or my photography industry. Um, I started in photography. Actually, I went to college, University of the Arts. Um, and so I've been photographing since I was a little kid. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't get into weddings until, um, you know, after college. And I really was just drawn to weddings in particular, mostly because of the love stories between two people. Um, And that's what exploded my, I've been photographing weddings for 15 years. And that tends to be the thread that throughout all of these years, you know, the ups and downs of any, you know, uh, business, it's just what keeps me coming back to photographing weddings, engagements, families, is the love between two people and the love around them from their families and friends. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> now, do you have, um, do you have assistants who work with you or are you by yourself? I do. I actually have a team of four women photographers that work on my team. Um, so we're a team of five uh, women photographing weddings, engagements, families. Um, we all have, you know, a diverse background, which is really neat, but we all kind of see in a similar way, uh, just seeing those like important emotions between people. Oh, that's awesome. Now, did you know when you, um, you know, kind of built your team, were these people that you put out to kind of interview or did you, you know, pull from people that you knew that ahead of time? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we actually, over the years, work with other photographers that's kind of florists are the same way. In a professional field, um, we need our other professional colleagues to help us on days when one photographer at an event isn't enough. And mm-hmm. so over the 15 years, you know, you create these like bonds and they're they're like a family to me um, because we just photograph together so often. And so over the, you know, last 10 years, um, while continuing to build the business. Um, we met Caitlin and Aaron and um, have known them for 10 years and they came on as their families started to grow and then Anna and Danica. So they really are a family to us. Um, we have long lasting like friendships and, you know, vendor that colleague sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. That's um, I think that's really important too, especially as this next generation coming up is working on going out on their own. So many times, you know, I see uh, younger students going out and they are very independent, which I think is great. 
Um, but it's also so important to uh, build relationships with other people and work together um, because, you know, as you, as you know, you can really help each other. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everything in life, I think, is better with a team, mm-hmm. especially a team that can genuinely support and uplift one another. Um, and kind of, you know, exactly like what you're offering with this podcast is creating a, you know, a connection of a community. And within the photography industry, it's the same thing, you know, with any career you choose, um, learning from, you know, people that are wiser um, than you, not so much always older, um, but just wiser learning and then growing with them. It, you know, you slowly create this like tree. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of, um, you know, younger students and things like that, would there be any suggestions, like looking back on your experience, um, what would you suggest to those students that are kind of thinking about pursuing a career in photography or the arts? Offer your, you know, goods and services to um, any professional that you look up to. I highly would recommend doing your research, you know, um, in every career, but photography is really unique in a way that we all see differently. So, you know, going into this field, just know that you as yourself is incredibly unique. No one will ever see the same way that you do. Um, but it takes learning from others, like what you like, what you don't like about certain events or certain types of photographs or certain types of, you know, portrait sessions. Um, so definitely my number one thing I would recommend to anyone looking to get into the photography world is to intern, like get, like help others so that you can learn and grow as an artist. And mm-hmm. that will only help, you know, guide you in a very like successful career, I would say. And for, for, uh, being in business, um, you know, with other individuals and, uh, for yourself, uh, obviously having a business background is kind of important too. What, um, you know, do you have somebody that you hire that kind of handles the financial aspect or do you have to like do it all? <laughs> well, <laughs> most photographers, we do wear all the hats, Danielle. Yeah. So um, we, I definitely wore all of the hats and that's one of the growth, um, you know, things is like learning about numbers and learning to balance your checkbook and learning to pay attention to the money coming in and out. Um, my professor, uh, mentor, she was someone I looked up to and she taught me a lot. Um, her name is Barbara Proud. Um, she goes by Be Proud and she Aww. actually has an incredible um, book series and um, she is doing a, it's called First Comes Love. Um, and right now um, she's working on a new um, gallery exhibit and definitely look her up. But she taught me about paying attention to your numbers. And it set me on a really amazing trajectory to have money in the bank Mm -hmm. and continue to photograph, um, which is something that a lot of artists, I would say, you know, we struggle with is the financial part. So Mm -hmm. if you're getting into this as an artist and you know, you're like, gosh, I'm not good at you know, money or handling the money, I would highly recommend looking into getting an accountant or somebody, you know, that can look at your quarterly finances and just help to guide you. 
um, just like we said earlier, you know, go, go with it as a team, find people that can support you and teach you um, because other, you know, you don't need to do it all on your own. That's a uh, good advice. Um, now you mentioned before that you, what, what college did you say you went to? I went to university of the arts in Philadelphia. It's all fine arts and uh, performing art. When you went to college, did you already kind of have in your mind, like, I am going to major in photography or was there another, you know, did you pursue any other kind of arts while you were there? Yeah, I actually um, started my college, you know, path at University of Tampa down in Hmm. Florida. And I went there for a year for business management. Um, So from the beginning, I always knew I wanted to own a business and I just have lots of ideas. um, And I, you know, dream, my big dream for when I'm, uh, you know, retiring is uh, to own an art school, but small scale for um, more of like elementary, middle school aged um, kids to come and learn about different arts and, you know, explore thinking outside of the box and learn that they can have opportunities in dance and theater and photography and fine arts. Um, But so from University of Tampa, I realized my biggest passion was photography. And I had an amazing professor that said, you know, why not go after your passion and see if you can create that, you know, into a business. Um, And then I transferred to Anne Arundel Community College and I had an amazing teacher there. Um, So it's often like keeping yourself open to those people along the way that will help guide you to the next open door. And that's always what my mom said is like, you know, just wait until the next door opens because there will be a door that opens if you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one teacher at Anne Arundel Community College was like, you know what, you're just, you have an eye, like, why not go train your eye? And that's what I did. I applied to a few art schools and University of the Arts was one of the uh, last colleges with a prolific uh, darkroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had darkrooms, they had color darkrooms, they had professors who were, you know, still working in the business, which I really thought was incredible. And so I went there for four years and really got to learn under some incredible photographers and business people. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I mean, that's great too, that you were open to listening. Uh, you know, a lot of times we get advice that just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. So that's, yeah. uh, that's awesome. Uh, now you mentioned that you started f- taking photographs when you were just a kid. Um, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, I took photographs when I was a kid too. It was like with this like little Fisher Price camera, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's actually a picture of me playing with the little Fisher Price camera. Um, but uh, you know, so what what kind of photos did you take? Did you have like a Polaroid or, um, you know? Uh, yeah, I had a Polaroid camera. I had a little 35 millimeter camera. Um, luckily, my parents, my dad was from a performing arts family, so he had this saying, like, the more table legs you can put under your table, the sturdier your table will be in the long run. And I used to hate that saying, and I used to just resent it, you know, forever as a kid. Uh, Mm -hmm. But now being an adult who got to experience and, you know, really try out different um, traits, like trades, um, whether it was, I mean, dancing, singing, acting, but 
I um, used to photograph my little cat in the garden. And I remember it's like a like a vivid memory of getting annoyed at my cat in the garden because she wouldn't like stay still for this portrait session. I was like really envisioning, you know, with these certain flowers (laughs) around her. And, uh, you know, my mom has a picture of me doing this, but like, that's really where it all came from. (laughs) Um, And I didn't realize, you know, hindsight, like, I guess I was about six years old that 20 years later, I would be able to grow a business, you know, and support myself on this love that I had for photographs. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm guessing you don't photograph cats now, though. Oh, I do. I love animals, <laughs> but I especially I love dogs the most, you know, because they'll sit with a treat. Cats and other animals like birds, you know, they really just don't care if you have treats or not. So, <laughs> uh, yes, my uh, my our daughter is uh, oldest daughter, seven, and uh, she likes taking photographs of the uh, the pet hamster. Uh, oh, fun! Yes, it is. Um, very fun. Um, so what? Uh, what is the most unique photo shoot you've ever done? Gosh, that is a really, I, I need like a month to prepare for that question, Danielle. I would have to like go through all of my memory bank. And the funniest thing about being a photographer, I, I'm learning through quarantine, um, is that my entire, you know, last 10, 15 years of my life has been dedicated to capturing other people's stories. And so my mind, like my own memory is at capacity with, you know, all of these amazing people's like lives and their love stories and their, you know, the excitement that surrounds them. And so I have a hard time. Um, There's like hundreds of stories. And I, I think I would have to say there's not just one um, Mm -hmm. because it's like the culmination of being given this, this opportunity to be close to people's life, like to be a stranger yet be in an intimate, you know, experience with them capturing, whether it's their new child or their wedding. Um, But just being given that opportunity to tell their story. I think that's one of the greatest things for me. Um, I was looking through some of your photographs and of course, as a librarian, I think I, I think I might've gasped when I saw that you were taking pictures in the Peabody library. <laughs> Somebody had a, a wedding there. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's a Peabody library. Um, so that's, um, you know, cool. We didn't really do, uh, well, we didn't really get, have like an official wedding at first just because it wasn't legal. Um, okay. when we kind of tied the knot, um, so we, we went to Key West and uh, did a commitment ceremony. Um, and, you know, the guy that did the commitment ceremony took a couple of pictures of us while we were there. Um, and then after, you know, the law was passed making uh, marriage legal, uh, we, you know, got officially married in our house. And it was just like a picture taken like on an iPhone in front of a Christmas tree because we just had somebody come and marry us at our, in our living room one day after work um it wasn't wasn't really like super like glamorous or um you know wonderful but uh so when you and your uh, wife got married last year um who took your photographs oh gosh it was so exciting um uh our friend Bree 
a photo by Brie. She was there to capture um, engagement photos for us and be there on the wedding day. And um, we had a bit more of an intimate wedding, um, about 50 people. Mm -hmm. And we really wanted it to just be like an explosion of joy and love for everyone. We wanted everyone to be there, like, you know, hug their partner, squeeze their person's hand, um, almost like a renewing of vows for anyone there that was married, you know, or renewing your, a vow to yourself to, you know, love and support yourself, um, even whether you're single, married, or in a partnership. Um, so Brie captured it just so perfectly. It Every image had, you know, the, a story within it um, telling part of our day, which was so exciting to look back on. Aww, yeah, nice. you know, and having an extra second to think about it, um, I captured a couple, Kathy and Amy in DC, and you talked about your story, and it reminds me of theirs. Um, they were together for, you know, I believe it's like something like 20 years, and mm-hmm. were finally able to get married in the in the court system, and so they went to DC um, court to have their wedding celebration, like finally, after so many years of having, you know, their own partnership. Um, and that was amazing. And they left the court, their friends and family cheering with like flags and like just all of the things, you know, the excitement was just like exploding outside and Mm -hmm. they jumped into this, um, I would call it a chariot, but it was one of those, um, like biked, like um, chariots, you know, around yeah, DC, yeah. Uh-huh. and they both jumped in, and their whole crowd, and it still gives me like, like literal, um, it just like shakes me a little. But their whole crowd followed them through the streets, like cheering, mm-hmm. and it, for me, it like it still gives me the chills, you know, to be surrounded by people cheering you on, like for your love. That's just here. I am about to tear up about it, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you cry when you when you um photograph people's weddings oh my gosh yes <laughs> thank god there is a camera in front of my face I I photograph some couples I you know I, I only know a short bit about their story and here I will literally you know fall behind the camera it's incredibly touching you can feel people's you know spirit around them and the energy at weddings is it's just electric um, now I know you mostly uh, take wedding photos, but what other types of photographs do you capture? Over the years, I have captured um, many different types of portraits, um, headshots. We do corporate events. Um, we, you know, even do like branding uh, portfolios for businesses. Um, one unique type of photograph. Um, story that I I really that's close to me is capturing people um, towards the end of their life. Um, It's, it's like very close to my heart. Um, I was actually hired by a a woman to come down to North Carolina and capture her husband and um, her children, um, because her husband was going through um, Alzheimer's like phases and starting to forget um, who everyone was. And so having me come down to capture while he would kind of be in and out um, was really special to me. And that's something that I I also love to do. Um, My dad passed away um, of cancer. And so it's really close to me to like, to remind people 
to capture their loved ones. Um, because, you know, when it gets to be the end, like it's just too late. And so that's, you know, I love that your daughter captures the hamster, you know, and you'll, you'll just look back on all these photos that you were, were reminded to take um, later on. Oh, yeah, I love that story. Um, you know, and it's kind of interesting that you, you brought that up because um, my uh, grandfather passed um, uh, 10 years ago last month. And um, before he, before he passed, uh, one of the last times that he was out of the house, um, I didn't even realize it was happening at the time, but we were celebrating um, his uh, birthday um, and my cousin was there and, you know, she, she takes photographs as a kind of a hobby. Um, and so she had taken a photograph of me and my grandfather at that, at that birthday. Um, and then it was shortly after that, that he started to kind of go downhill and, um, you know, it was a, a very long time of that it took for him to pass. And, um, when he did, uh, it was close to, you know, his next birthday, um, he would, he would have been 91. So he died, um, just, uh, shy of his 91st birthday. And, um, at the, uh, viewing, she presented me with a photograph of he and I together. Oh. And to this day, that is probably my most treasured photograph that I have. Um, yeah. you know, so it does it. And I think that what made it even more meaningful is that I had kind of held it together. And then when she gave me that photograph, it just, it just, everything came loose, you know, and, um, I was really able to kind of help process that grief that I was feeling. Mm. Um, and you know, art is so good for that. (laughs) And, you know, being able to have memories like that, um, and the fact that it was just so unexpected and out of the blue, that kindness that she had given me. And, um, you know, we're not, close by any means um you know we don't see each other very often she's a second cousin and uh you know we're each busy with our own lives but that um that really changed me that thoughtfulness um so the photo really is like a piece of the people in them the piece of that memory you know and throughout time that photo will always bring you back it 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 has Photographs have this innate ability to trigger memories in our mind that might have gotten jumbled and cluttered, you know, with mm-hmm. the day in and day out of our, you know, normal life. Um, but it can take you back to that exact moment in a second. That's, yeah, that's really special. Yeah, they really can. Um, I, I, there's very few things that I, like, remember clearly um, from my twins are going to be uh, five in October and there's very few things that I can remember like super clearly. Um, but it was only when I actually stopped and paused and told myself like, you know, make a memory of this because you don't want to forget it. You know what I mean? Um, so it's nice with the photographs because you don't have to be so conscious all the time of conscientious with your, your time and your effort of pause make a memory like, okay, I'm going to snap this photograph and then I'm going to be able to look at it, you know, go back and look at it. Um, and uh, I think that's really, really important and valuable 
uh, for everybody, which is why as a parent of three kids, it's, I feel like it's my responsibility. Like I have to make sure that I take pictures of them all because I don't want them to feel left out. <laughs> um, you know, cause they like, they like looking back at the pictures of themselves all the time. And it's a fun thing to do as a family too, to look at your photographs and, oh, I remember when we did that or, oh, and then this happened, you know, you just kind of jog so many memories. Um, so I'm curious. So since I, you know, my wife and I, we did not have, uh, we didn't do really like a really big wedding thing. Um, is there a resource out there for LGBTQ plus folks who might be in the process of planning a wedding that kind of highlights venues and businesses, uh, that are LGBTQ plus friendly or even LGBTQ plus owned? Yeah, there absolutely um, are quite a few now. Uh, Equally Wed is an amazing resource. And I can actually, I don't know if you have like links on your site, um, but there's a few websites that would, you know, absolutely, I would highly recommend going to um, look through because, you know, that's one of the things um, is identifying with the imagery that you're looking at to be inspired by for your own day. Um, I remember when my wife and I were planning, um, I've, you know, been in the industry for 15 years, but there definitely still was like a lack for, you know, lesbian couples in, you know, the media to look at and see their weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, but on like Equally Wed and a few other sites, um, that's where you can go and get inspired and like see yourself um, in a way. Cool. I'll definitely have to take check that out. I'll definitely um, give you the sites too to um, my mentor B. Her work is incredible. Um, it's uh, portraits and stories of transgender and gender nonconforming couples. Um, oh, awesome. hers, it's a series called Transcending Love, and uh, it, that's another amazing um, site and you know gallery to go view too for inspiration. Oh, fantastic. Um, definitely. Um, so when, uh, you know, what would be the first step couple should take when they're wedding planning? I mean, aside from hiring a photographer. <laughs> that might be their like second or third step is getting a photographer. Unless you just, <laughs> I do have couples that have followed my story for so many years and I'm one of their first calls or text messages even um, because they've followed my work. And that literally, you know, brings tears to my eyes thinking that they've, waited for this moment to fall in love and I'm one of the first people finding out it's definitely an honor Um, yeah (laughs) it really is it like warms my heart I I uh, forget that people are paying attention sometimes Um, but the first thing when you get married having just gotten married um, in the you know Pinterest era where there's (laughs) thousands of options and you know different things to choose from I would just highly recommend having a, you know, sit down, like a check-in as my wife likes to call it, of what is most important to you as a couple, like your unit, what are your, you know, deal breakers, what do you have to have, what's just really, really important, and write those things down so that along the way while you're planning and, you know, your family and loved ones are talking to you that other people's opinions don't influence, you know, the most important elements of the day for you two as a couple. Because at the end of the day, 
a wedding is really about the unity of two people and the people around them. And so if you can let like your love, like your own vibration just shine through that day, it, it will resonate for you, with you for like years to come and you'll have no regrets and it'll just be like an expression of you both as a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I think that's really important. Uh, so many times uh, parents or friends want to interject with their ideas and it's just like, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. And they're amazing <laughs> ideas. Like, right. you know, they're they're not harmful ideas, but ideas can actually skew your own, you know, journey. And uh, we did a few things totally um, not traditional. Like we welcomed our guests with a um, champagne, you know, ceremony before the ceremony, because we wanted to greet everybody with a glass of champagne and hug them first. We Mm -hmm. didn't want to wait until after the ceremony. So, you know, if you're able to like come to the table before you wedding plan with a few things that are important to you two, the tip, you know, the stereotypical or traditional elements of a wedding won't like overshadow what's really important to you. Obviously, June is Pride Month. It's also, I feel like June is a big wedding month typically, isn't it? Oh, yeah. May and June are, yeah, June is a very big um, would you say month. Would you say that you photograph more LGBTQ weddings in June than any other month? You know what? That's interesting. I've never, I've never separated it out like that. Hmm. Um I was just curious if, you know, if Pride Month had like an impact on, hey, let's get married during Pride Month. You know what I mean? You might have just started something, Danielle, because I'm thinking back. It's it's all across the board. Our, yeah, we don't have like a, you know, significant number in any month. I May, June, October, this, you know, last year's because this year's weddings have been uh, mostly postponed. But yeah, you know, you might have actually started something. That would be really awesome. We could even like hold an ex like a a celebration, you know, gift if you get married in June, Pride Month. That's right. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Um, or set up like, you know, you could do set up some sort of like rainbow flag somewhere and just have couples come in for photos too. Like one of those like quick, you know, short I don't know what do you call those, like mini sessions or whatever. Yeah elopement oh. style like an hour yeah. session come get hitched that's right exactly <laughs> um or get your pride engagement photos taken or something um, I love it. we did not get married in june so that's okay <laughs> <laughs> we got married in november i'm like oh my gosh we missed a, an awesome opportunity yeah <laughs> we were supposed to get married on 7-eleven you know for our uh commitment ceremony but funny story we went to uh key west to to you know do our commitment ceremony and uh it um it poured down rain oh my gosh no. <laughs> on 7-eleven so we couldn't get couldn't do it on the day because you're gonna do it right there on the beach and it was gonna be nice at sunset and so um we waited till the next day and of course you know we were outside all day getting roasted so no. on, the, on the evening of our our ceremony we uh both had um uh, some some sunburn that's what I'm not. So, you know you know it was memorable right uh, yeah nobody reminded you to put sunscreen on <laughs> right. 
We were too afraid. Like, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna, we're, you know, we're gonna get this done before we leave. We're gonna. You know, that's the whole reason why we came is to do this commitment ceremony. Um, but we had a we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Hopefully, hopefully, go back at some point. Um. So did you did you guys happen to take a um a honeymoon by chance or? We we called it a uh what did we call it a oh gosh we had coined some funny little thing like a a stay uh, a home a home moon because when the wedding came to be and we're planning to go well we were planning to go away on our like one year anniversary as like a honeymoon uh-huh. um it's one thing I actually tell a lot of my couples is they you know don't feel pressured to leave the next morning as tradition would say to go on this honeymoon, sometimes it's fun to like spread out the explosions of joy in your life. Um, You know, you don't have to like do back to back exciting things. Um, So we did a home moon and we took off and we just literally were little hermits at home. And it was amazing because both of us, uh, my wife is like, just, you know, we both love being busy. So to Mm -hmm. be at home and to nest and just be with each other was like, (laughs) we were both so excited about it. Yeah. Um, so highly recommend a home moon. Um, we didn't make any like commitments with anybody. It was just like her and I like being able to enjoy each other at home. And it was really nice. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. That's... Did you guys go on a honeymoon or your, well, your well, commitment our was kind of our... like a honeymoon? Yeah. So we were like, okay, we're going to take a vacation. We went to Key West and did the commitment ceremony there and came home. And then actually when we got home, we, um, we told, uh, we sent out um, kind of like a uh, announcement to everybody and um, had already had it planned where we would then invite everybody to a kind of like a, a celebration after party. Um, so that was scheduled for uh, a couple months later, actually. So, um, you know, it ended up working out well and that gave everybody time too to process because I was a little unsure how... Uh, some family members would take it, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like things have, we've made a lot of progress since then. Um, but it was definitely, you know, I didn't really want anything to kind of squash or get in the way of our happiness. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why we kind of chose to do things that way. And I know everybody has to do it um, differently, uh, whatever works with their family. Um, so that's just what we, chose it was just easier and since it was about us anyway it was okay that it was just us that was there (laughs) yeah exactly that's at the end of the day it really is so honoring that yeah it's amazing it makes the memory even better yeah and it was a lot less expensive so (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) you know put it towards your life together that's what we were saying we're like all right yeah um but yeah I think it's important you know uh, not just for honeymoon, but just to get away together um, whenever you can, uh, just to have those different experiences. And thankfully, we were able to do that before, you know, having kids and stuff, because once they come along, it's a lot more expensive to go away. <laughs> yeah. And so. you said you have twins. Yes. So we have um, four-year-old twin, boy-girl twins, and then um, a seven-year-old daughter. So yeah. Oh, and wow. now that they're four, you know, it's no longer free to take them anywhere because it used to be like, oh, they're three and under, you know, they can get in free here or there and it's a little less expensive. But yeah, so. That's amazing. Wrangling all fun. the kiddos. 
Oh yes. It's there's never a dull moment here. <laughs> and the hamster and the dog and you know, all the activities and school and but um but yeah, it's super fun. That's awesome. Is there anything that you wanted to um share, words of wisdom, advice? Yeah, we kind of touched on it earlier about um like the uniqueness of each person and uh, whoever's listening to this. Um, I hope that they feel inspired or they can start to look at themselves in that unique way um, because we all have unique dreams and different dreams. We all have, you know, different talents and gifts that we've been given um, in this lifetime. And I just hope that each person listening um, takes a moment to really like dig in and reflect inside of themselves to see, you know, what special gift that they've found or been given or keep searching for that gift. And, and I hope that this, you know, inspires them a small amount to go like, just shine that light, like shine the light that's within each person. Um, because we all, you know, are just unique, amazing beings and, I hope that each person listening has a dream that like comes to fruition. Um, And Mm -hmm. if you feel discouraged and you don't know where to turn and you have questions that seem unanswered, um, finding, you know, a role model or a mentor, um, they can really help to guide you. And that would just be my thing to, you know, that would be my one piece of advice. Oh, I think that's that's great advice, and I do think it's important for every every human to be able to be um, celebrated and also to have someone that they can talk to and look up to for advice. It's important, whether it be a sibling or a parent or a friend or yeah, teacher. absolutely, yeah, yeah. B was gosh, she's still my my mentor and I she's like my second mom at this point. Um she was at my wedding and oh sorry. Her and her wife were um there's a photo of me and my wife and they were right behind us and I had this um ceremony walking down the aisle where every person would hand me a flower and B as she handed me a flower said, Love always wins. And so, you know, it's just like having her by my side, having gone to college and had the opportunity to meet her, she stepped into my life. And I didn't know even in college that I would want to follow every one of her footsteps, um, including like marrying the love of my life, Shannon. And, you know, so that photo of her and her wife behind us, it was just like really, really special. And um, so... Aww. definitely find find a role model or a mentor um they you know they can change your life I love that well thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your um stories um is there a, is there a website that people can go to to check check out your work yeah definitely thank you for having me um you can find us on instagram uh at carly fuller photo or online www.carlyfuller.com. Um, we would love to connect or engage with you as well on Instagram. So please reach out and message us. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.
The music featured at the start and end of our podcast is Work by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license.